Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well met, fellow adventurers. I have decided to go to the ruined village of Ironmark Spur, which is in Southfoot in southwest Tulsa. Ironmark Spur was destroyed over a century ago in a goblin wave that swept down out of the Fiddling foothills. The ruins of the village, once known as Ironmark Spur, serve as a grim reminder of the savagery that still lurks in the remote wilds of Tosa. The charred, scattered huts, the village wooden stone dwellings, still lie scattered across the crest of a broad, flat-topped hill known as Ironmark. The village was never rebuilt, and the area is wildly avoided by locals. There's only one option here. Explore the remains of the village. Your exploration of the village takes you along its overgrown thoroughfare and down several of the winding lanes that pass between the shattered, burned-out structures that were once the dwellings of the hardy folk who called Ironmark Spur home. As you reach the end of a narrow, wobble-strewn lane, you suddenly become aware of the sound of heavy footfalls approaching from the east. Crouched in the crumbling doorway, what was once the village stable, you wait with bated breath to catch your first glimpse of what it is that is steadily drawing near. For nearly a minute, two massive creatures pass by. Broad lane crosses the one in which you're situated. It is great displeasure that your eyes fall upon the towering forms of two hulking cave trolls. 
the fearsome duo disappear from view behind one of the many piles of wood and stone that litter the streets. You're about to steal forward to the end of the lane in an effort to determine what the trolls are up to when a massive war makes your blood run cold. The war is almost immediately followed by the hideous, agonised shrieks of two trolls. After several moments of silence, you slip out of the doorway in which you've been crouched and move stealthily to the end of the narrow lane. Peering around the corner, you behold an amazing but gruesome scene. A massive creature of mud and stone, obviously of elemental origin, is stomping across the broad lane, dragging behind it the two bloodied carcasses of cave trolls. The elemental being, easily twice the size of the largest of the trolls, seems to be heading in the direction of one of the only intact structures seen thus far in the village. Well, that definitely means something. If it's intact now, that means someone's maintaining it. Which means somebody lives in it. Which means it's someone I could talk to and maybe someone who would give me a quest or help me out or show me where some treasure is. Or who is a bad guy who I have to fight. A thick stream of smoke pours out of the chimney of the small dwelling. Yep, yep, definitely people in there. Suddenly, as it, well, not necessarily a human person. I mean, goblins can use fire. Ogres, trolls, they can use fire. Tars all definitely use fire. As we are well acquainted with. Perhaps even when they're not being possessed by an evil chair. Suddenly, if somehow alert. As if somehow alerted to your presence, the large earth elemental turns round, dropping the corpses of the trolls as it unleashes a deafening bellow. Grumbling loudly, the fearsome elemental stomps in your direction. So I've got a few options here. I could run away. I mean, as we've clearly seen, it's very powerful. It just took off out two trolls in seconds. It's very powerful, but I'm very, 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 very powerful. Hold your ground and face the mighty elemental creature. Yes, that's definitely an option. We also use archery. I don't really think archery would work that well against stone element, against earth elementals. They've, they've no soft bits. They've no soft bits to put the arrow through. Use illusion. Or I could use Elementalism. I'll give Elementalism a shot. It succeeded. 4 XP to Elementalism. You call upon your mastery of Elementalism and focuses on the massive creature of earth and stone now bearing down on you. Much to your delight, the Elemental slows its approach and then stops. The creature still seems hostile, but is unwilling to continue towards you. Suddenly, with a loud groan, the elemental slumps to the ground, becoming little more than a tall pile of dirt and rock. Well, looks like I'm safe now. Suddenly, the door of the entrapped dwelling 
dwelling on the opposite side of the lane creaks open and a short white haired man steps into view. He is clad in a wagged blue shirt and a pair of tattered cloth leggings. A worn leather belt encircles his narrow waist, from which hang several pouches and an empty scabbard. Scabbard. Long, matted locks of stark white hair pour o- spill over his bony shoulders. You'll forgive me, I hope, he quotes, pointing his long, thick, thin finger to the pile of earth. Earth and stone that was formerly the hulking elemental creature. I don't set them on people, mind. Only quitters of his like. The man, the old man moves over to the bloody carcasses of the two cave trolls and kicks at them with the toe of his leather shoe. My name is Daldra. I'm the last soul left in my Mark Spur, you might say, he says laughing. Who might I have the pleasure of addressing? You introduce yourself to the old man and immediately invites you into his dwelling, sensing that he means you, means you no harm and not wishing to present him with the wrong impression. You politely accept the invitation and soon find yourself seated before the warring fire that fills his dwelling with a warm yellow glow. Warm, yep. Dawada. Dawadar removes a steaming pot of paleo from the fire and pours you a mug of the strong brew. How did he get that all the way up here? Hmm. I guess, it, I guess. well, you can just harvest it from the bark of trees, so it's not really that inexplicable, especially since he has elementals at his command. You converse with the old man at length. Learn for the last 20 years he has made his home. The wounds of Iron Mark Spur. He tells you, though you've already guessed it, that he is an elementalist. And he keeps several of his elemental creations in and around the ruined village. It's a matter of protection. Wild parts, these are, he says. Trolls, goblins, ogres. Even the occasional band of roughnecks looking for a hideaway. I'm well, well enough able to look after myself. I don't know for how much longer. When the magic at last fails me, and the elements no longer answer my call, I suppose my own time will have passed. Through the course of an afternoon, which includes more than one pot of Palo and several lengthy tales of Dwaldor's adventures in his younger day, the Atlantist told you who was once slaughtered across the realm by adventurers of great renown. Ooh, that's me! You learn that through the clever use of his mastery of elemental magic, he was able to accurately gorge and test the combat prowess of some of the age's most prolific personages. When I had my tower in Griffin Crags, they would come from leagues around to pit their metal against my elemental creations, he says. Of course, all that came to a rather dark end, you might say. Though I suppose there are few enough who remember any of it now. You asked Jaldor about his tower, tells you that he fell into trouble with the crown, having provided training to a group of swordsmen who turned out to be treacherous swordsmen in the Tyson army who are plotting to murder 
the king. I, I, I had word they were coming through, with hardly a day to spare. I fled the Quiffin, Quiffin Quags, leaving my tower and a lifetimes of good work behind. For twenty years about, twenty years I wandered about, hiding in one hole or another, never daring to wield my magic for fear I would be discovered. Then, twenty years after fleeing the Quags, I came upon this place. It's been my home ever since. A lonely, wild place it is, but it's obscure enough for my liking. Daldor told you he's even had a few visits for some of the kingdom's prominent adventurers in recent years, who happened to stumble upon his abode while exploring the ruins of the village. Daldor put down his wooden mug on the edge of the hearth and draws his gaze up to meet your own. A wild look passes over the old man's face as the dancing blaze within the fireplace reflects in his dark eyes. Dark eyes. Would you care to test your metal? Yes. My mark was once a thing of pride, and I wish it to become so again. Agree to test your metal and earn Daldrudra's mark. Daldrudra leads you out onto a large open space behind his modest dwelling. Piles of rubble surround the broad patch of grass and dirt, which Daldrudra tells you is where the village church once stood. Explains to you he will summon elemental creatures to do battle with you. You are to test and wait your combat prowess. Only the very best earn my mark, he says. Let me know when you are ready to begin, Zoop. You told Dralmir you are ready. Dralmir's mark. Once the primary means as adventures of renown tested their metal, it's a small magical symbol, usually emblazoned on a woodward, wooden pendant that depicts each of the four elements. You earn the mark and ascend through its various wanks by defeating Dralmir's elemental creations. For each elemental you defeat in combat, you reach a new level of Dwarder's Mark. You may send up to three levels on Dwarder's Mark per day. Dwarder's elementals will not employ lethal force, so while you can be defeated in combat against them, you cannot be killed. Attempt to earn. You have not yet earned Dwarder's Mark, but I will soon, as I attempt to earn his mark. Dralder steps up to the edge of a broad, open space behind his small dwelling, sits on a large flat rock. The master elementalist asks if you are ready. Mind you, his elementals will not be attempting to kill you. Defen- Defeating my first elemental will win you my mark, he says, as he adjusts his position on the rock. Let's see now. Yes, I believe I have a suitable opponent in mind. Dalador closes his eyes, folds his arms across his chest. His face twists and contorts as a thick cloud of dust and debris rises up in the middle of the wide, wobble-strewn expanse. Their eyes widen as the storm of debris subsides, and the result of Dalador's summonation appears out of the mist of the settling cloud. It's a howling air elemental. You cannot quick combat these. 
which probably makes sense because it's testing my metal, not the metal of the quick combat button. The howling elemental swipes at you with its swirling limbs. Oh, it has limbs. 19 XP. The elemental foe is no more. You step back and take a few moments to catch your breath as you wipe the sweat from your brow. Daldadrir opens his eyes and smiles. The older lay mage congratulates you on your victory over his fearsome elemental minion. Dardor steps forward and presents you with a small square wooden pendant. Emblazoned upon the rough surface of the wooden square is the number one. I now have Draldi's mark. View. This crude square wooden pendant is Daldra's mark. Despite its rather insignificant appearance, this pendant bears the mark of a master, master elementalist Draldor. Over the last century, some of the greatest adventurers from across the realms have tested their metal and earned themselves this illustrious symbol of their combat prowess. The number one has been emblazoned on the west surface of the pendant, signifying the level you have ascended to on the mark. You are now the proud bear of my mark, says the master elementalist, the winkles that line his face becoming more exaggerated as he smiles. It's only the beginning of a grand and rewarding journey, though. I wish you continued success, Soup, should you seek to ascend through the higher, through the levels of the mark. And I do. Like, well, it's there. Daldir produces a small, glowing red orb. Tells you to suck, touch it. You reach out and brush your fingers against a curious object. And immediately a warm, smoothing sensation passes through you. There. That should help a bit. He says, smiling, as he once again pockets his healing stone. Okay. <coughs> so I can say bye-bye. To ask about the pendant or continue in my attempts to ascend the level of Daldry's mark. Ascend the levels. Okay, this is the same same description as last time. Now he sits on his rock, he summons an elementalism, and it's a crumbling earth elemental. The massive earth elemental strikes at you with his broad fist. And it is slain. 21 expect. Your elemental foe is no more. You step back and take a few moments to catch your breath as you wipe the sweat from your brow. Jodlir opens his eyes and smiles. The elderly mage congratulates you on your victory over his fearsome elemental victory. There we are. The master elementist steps forward and makes a swift motion over the square wooden pendant with his left hand. You look down upon Jala's mark and behold the number two emblazoned on the surface of the crude wooden square. You can now proudly say you've reached the second level of my mark, he says smiling. Certainly no small accomplishment by anyone's measure. Oh, well done. Yeah, and I get healed. Continue to ascend the levels. 
and he summons forth a fire warrior. The fiery silhouette of the sword-wielding warrior slashes at you with his burning blade. Yeah, every level has a different thing for you to fight. So it might just be worth it to ascend the levels just to see what comes up next. Your elemental foe is no more. You step back and take a few moments to catch your breath as you wipe the sweat from your brow. Dardwyr opens his eyes and smiles. The elderly mage congratulates you on your victory over his fearsome elemental minion. The master elementalist steps forward and makes a swift motion over the square wooden pendant with his left hand. You look down upon Dardwyr. Yep, I'm now on number three. Okay, and Dardwyr tells you he needs to west rejuvenated elemental powers will be able to summon more of the creations to test you in battle. By tomorrow I shall be fit as anything, he says. Stop back tomorrow, Zoop, and we'll pick it up to get, pick it up again. You bid the white-haired elementalist farewell <coughs> set off on your way. Yep, three ranks per day. No matter what you do, you cannot fight more, ascend more than three ranks. Ask Jodor about the pendant that bears his mark. Jodor takes a look at the square wooden pendant that bears his mark and tells you you are making remarkable progress. Once the measure of an adventurous combat prowess, and so it shall be again, he says, smiling. Jodor, his eyes widen, and an astonished look coppers his wrinkles face. Since something has startled you, startled him. The mark on this rather simple pendant does more than signify your achievements, he says. Serves to what unlock one's greater potential. Here, allow me to show you. The master elementalist runs his fingers over the mark, emblazoned upon your wooden pendant, and the item suddenly emits a bright yellow glow. When the glow fades, you feel somewhat different. So, 96 experience to general, and 24 experience to all skills and powers. So, for every every rank you go up, you get 32 experience to general, and 8 to all skills and powers. Please note, you will receive 2 experience bonuses for every new level you achieve on Jardwis Mark. The first will be a general experience bonus, and the second will be a bonus for all your character's skills and powers. You may receive your bonuses at any time. When you receive your bonus, it will include any experience rewards you have missed up to that point. Now, the rewards used to be higher in the past. There were 128 experience bonuses points to general and 64 experience points to general for every single level so got very nice considering you could there were more than 30 levels to go through but now you just get eight all skills and powers experience which is not really all that nice i mean it's I mean, it's a long way out of the way, and you can only do it a bit at a time. It's now it's 
barely worth doing from a mechanical perspective. I mean, the time you've done that, you could do a, you'd rush through an axe bath run and probably get more. Or you could rush, or you could just visit the, that pool of muck, get more there. Of course, you do get a bigger number on your mark, so that's something worth considering. Don't really know why the rewards were dropped. Just, just something that happens. Oh well. Now I'm in South Foot, and there's a few more things that I can do here. Now South Foot is the name of a large area in South Foot, Tessa, that is situated in the southern foothill, foothills of the mighty Fedwin Range. It is a rugged, outlying layer area the kingdom now there's another there's an adventure here in the main in Southfoot itself not in any part of Southfoot but Southfoot itself and it is well there's one called the Giants of Dal there's one called the Giants of Dalo of Gallotop that's a continuation of the, the Dreadstone saga which I will continue sometime, but that, that deserves to be done on its own. Or at least with the next part of the Dreadmark Saga. Depends on how long it takes. But there's another adventure here which I will do called That Sweet Melody. It's a while exploring adventure. While exploring. Scaled or normal? Normal. Here we go. So begins that sweet melody. On a bright, crisp afternoon in early autumn, on a lonely road on the outskirts of the region known as Southfoot, you heard the, lo heard the long tra lone traveller long before you spotted him. For the last several minutes, the solemn, hauntingly beautiful melody of a flute has drifted through the air, echoing in and out of the sprawling woodlands, as they roll up to meet the edges of the world. The entrancing tune, flawlessly played by the young man strolling towards you, slips into your ears and excites your senses, elicting visions of grand adventures in distant lands, perilous excursions undertaken in the shadows of slow-packed peace that cross the horizon's threshold in every direction. As he draws up to you, the young man, clad in finery to seen better days, ceases his playing and bows deeply. You seem to be enjoying my song, he says, smiling as he holds up his lute. Can't say that so it is with everyone. I'm just an apprentice, after all. Bastard says I'm making excellent strides. Perhaps I should also learn to sing. The young man suddenly introduces himself as you, and tells you he hails from a town called Wavelength. You're about to introduce yourself when the young man suddenly interrupts, posing a question that, le that leaves you, you baffled. Do you know how hard it is to dwell, Maud? It's a city with very high walls somewhere in these parts. Hope to have run into it by now. Hugh's eyes seem to twinkle 
as he awaits your response. You've never before heard of any place called Dwellmord. Hmm, okay, so I have a few question answers here. Just bid him farewell. Tell him you've never heard of Dwellmord. Ask him how it is he heard about Dwellmord. I'll do the second one. How could I hope to remain ignorant of it, he says, frowning. It is the grandest city in all the realm. I'm expected there, you know, to play for its keeper. The Lady of Seven Lights. You must have heard of her. The twinkle in Hugh's eyes fade, and his demeanour swiftly darkens. I don't think he's from around here. He's not from around here at all. I, sh I think I should play you the song I play for the Lord of the Iron Gate, he says. He liked it very much. Can only hope you like it as well. Now, how does it begin again? As Hugh draws the flute to his lips, you're overcome by the sudden urge to get away from it. Your every sense screams that each moment spent in the young man's presence is dragging you deeper into dire peril. Before you can act, however... A soothing melody passes out of the flute and rises into the air. Its soft notes and gentle rhythms, scram scrambling any notion to flee, subverting your most basic instincts of self-preservation. Okay, okay, this, this looks bad, this looks bad. You can't go yet, says Hugh, momentarily lowering his flute. We're soon to be at the best part of the tune. It's the bit where you slip hopelessly into a trance, and then I feast on your flesh. <gasps> a wave of panic washes over you when you suddenly realise you can no longer move. Hugh smiles, revealing a mouthful of long, jagged fangs as he slowly draws the flute back to his lips. Be kind and listen for a short while. He says, his voice now impossibly deep. You are sure to enjoy a final refrain of that sweet melody before the end. <laughs> the young man, a jovial expression supplanting his grim demeanour, blows into the flute and the instrument erupts into an inspiring melody that momentarily serves to make you forget the dire peril of your situation, as the haunting, flawless music flows around you and through you. Hugh's smile broadens, and a twinkle returns to its eyes. Despite the inexplicable desire to do nothing, to remain calm and allow the soothing music to hold your insects at bay, those insane in innate inclinations defiantly rise up within you, driving you to fight against the insidious element now threatening to devour your will. Pick a number. Bonus of 50. 20 from spirit, 20 from mind, 10 from aura. I need to get 100 or something bad will happen. What? I'm not exactly sure. Presumably, if it keeps going wrong, he'll eat me. But I don't think it's, I don't think, this isn't going to be one of those things where if you fail once, you do. It's, it's, it takes a, I have a lot of will. 
It's going to take a while to completely chip it away. But I think if you fail a few times, bad things will happen. Pick now. 90. Failure. Despite a valiant effort, you fail to fend off the sinister force evading your will. A series of sharp pains suddenly stabs through you, passing first through your mind before shooting into your body. 7. Damage. You, aware of your distress, continues to smile as he continues to besiege you with the sweet, haunting melody coming out of his instrument. Your strength of will has decreased. <gasps> oh, that's bad. That is very bad. Your body trembles and your mind races as you continue to struggle to fend off the insidious influence of Hugh's haunting melody. It's the same check again. Let's do it. 122 success. With great strain, you manage to push back against the sinister force attempting to subvert your will. Hugh, as if aware of your resistance, scowls as it continues to besiege you with the sweet, haunting melody streaming out of his flute. Your strength of will has increased! And he does not like that at all. Your body trembles and your mind races as you continue to fend off the insidious influence of Hugh's haunting melody. Pick a number. Bonus 50. But now I just need to get 75 or more, presumably because my strength of will has increased. Pick now. 113. Success. With great strain, you manage to push back against the sinister force attempting to subvert your will. Hugh, as if aware of your presence, scowls as he continues to besiege you with, with, a, with sweet, haunting melodies streaming out of his flute. My strength of will has increased once more. Your body trembles and your mind races as you continue to fend off the insidious influence of Hugh's haunting melody. Pick a number. Bonus 50. Got to get 100 or more. Apparently he's getting to the chorus. It's a really catchy chorus. <laughs> 89. Failure. Despite a valiant effort, you fail to fend off the sinister force assailing your will. A series of sharp pains stab through you. Passing first through your mind, then shooting into your body. Eight damage. Hugh, away of distress, smiles as he continues to besiege you with the sweet, haunting melody streaming out of his instrument. Your strength of will has decreased. Your body trembles and your mind races as you continue to fend off the insidious influence of Hugh's haunting melody. Pick a number. Bonus 50, need 75 or more. Success! 142. With great strain, you manage to push back against the sinister force, attempting to subvert your will. Hugh, as if aware of your resistance, scowls as he continues to besiege you with the sweet, haunting melody streaming out of his flute. My strength of will has increased. Your body trembles and your mind races as you continue to fend off the insidious influence of Hugh's haunting melody. Pick number. 
Bonus 50. Success. 100 or more. Failure. 83. 5. Despite a valiant effort, you fail to fend off the sinister force assailing your will. A series of sharp pains suddenly stab through you, passing first through your mind before shooting into your body. That's 13 damage now. You, aware of your, dis your distress, continue, smiles and continues to besiege you with a sweet, haunting melody streaming out of his instrument. My strength of will has decreased. Pick here, same check again. Bonus 15 needs success 75. Success! Strength of will has increased. Hugh, as if aware of your resistance, scowls as he continues to besiege you with a sweet, haunting melody streaming out of his flute. Okay, same check. Bonus 100, success. Bonus 50, success 100 or more. Failure with 84. Oh, it just keeps getting worse. Failure. 22 damage from that. Where of your distress? Hugh, aware of your distress, smiles. He continues to besiege you with the street, sweet, haunting melody streaming out of his instrument. My strength of will has decreased once more. Okay, check. Bonus 50, D75 or more. 115, success. My strength of will has increased. Alright, here's the check. Bonus 50, success 100. Success, strength of will has increased. A profound sense of relief washes over you when you suddenly realise you can once again move. Doing your best not to betray this development, remain perfectly still, your eyes fixed on your young tormentor. Suddenly, Hugh's flute falls silent. Still failing hopelessness, you watch as Hugh pockets his instrument and moves to stand before you. As his gaze locks with yours, the young man grins, again revealing a line of long, jagged fangs. You do not understand my hunger, he slavers, but you do not have to understand it. I believe you enjoyed the music, which is most important. Hugh stretches his fangs jaws, unnaturally wide. You realise you must immediately act. So, few couple four options here. I can attempt to flee. No, I'm definitely not leaving someone like that wandering around. I can attack him directly, or I could do shadow magic or telekinesis. I'll give telekinesis a shot. It succeeded. 4x speed to telekinesis. You project a powerful blast of telekinetic energy at Hugh, striking him squarely in the chest and sending him toppling backwards onto the road. The young man, grunting in a fashion that makes him seem more bestial than human, appears to shake off the effects of the impact and begins to slowly clamber him, clamber to his feet. Three options. Flee immediately, maintain a defensive stance, or attack him before he fully rises. I shall maintain a defensive stance. Hugh returned to his feet, snarling savagely. The among man immediately raises his left hand and thrusts it towards you as a fiery yellow glow 
forms around the tips of his sprayed fingers. Pick a number. Bonus of 60. 20 from mind, 20 from body, 20 from spirit. Got to get 100 or more or something bad will happen. Failure. A searing pain erupts in your head. The young man's dark magic ravages your psyche. 22 damage. Dazed, but still alive. You hurriedly prepare to defend yourself. As your fanged foe, grunting savagely, draws on an ink dagger and lunges at you. I'm fighting Hugh, whatever the heck he is. He, sna he snarls viciously as he stabs at you. Look, look, your skill is playing that crazy-ass loot. Flute. I mean, once you've, once, once you, once that doesn't work, like, you should just give up. But really, I, I guess I'm glad for everyone else that, that you decided to press on with this attack. Long after your most powerful strategy worked. And instead you just stab it with a tiny knife. I'm wearing full, I'm wearing plate armor minimum. I have a shield. I have a mace. Your little, your teeny little dagger ain't gonna help ya. But, if you're stupid, but I guess I should be glad you're incredibly stupid. Because that way, I can rid the world of you and stop you from doing that bloody, pulling that prat, that trick on anyone else. Go away. Go back to whatever Whatever hell you came from, your enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke on you for 13 damage. Or, even better yet, to cease to exist. You have slain your foe. 6 combat XP, 32 experience to general. Hugh collapses onto the road and makes a futile attempt to return to his feet. Forwarding a last ragged grasp. Gasp and slumping into a bloodied heap, to making certain he's dead, possibly with a bit more, with a bit more macing. You make a quick search of his remains. Among his in, among his scant possessions, this is you discover and acquire a pouch filled with gold, his flute, and the ornate dagger he wielded against you. His twenty-three gold, the wooden flute. This plain wooden flute belonged to Hugh, the fiendish traveller you encountered while passing along the road in the South Foot region of Tysa. Hmm, wonder. It's, it's not got any encumbrance. Wonder if it does anything. Might not. Might just be a memento. And the enchant grave dagger. The letters is for encumbrance. The letters H and K engraved on the blade of this ornate dagger. This weapon belonged to Hugh, the fiendish traveller you encountered while passing along the road in the South Foot region of Tosa. This weapon is of common quality, so mechanically speaking, it's useless. But I mean, I mean what did you expect? It wasn't, it is, his strategy didn't involve him having fabulous weapons. It involved him... Involved him making his prey completely helpless. And then eating them. What happened here? Who knows. 
you drag Hugh's body into the tall grass at the side of the road and spend the next several minutes checking over your equipment and preparing to continue on your way. Before setting out, you take a final look at the young man. The placid expression on his face makes you wonder if indeed he was human, and if so, what dark malady transformed into a fiend bent on taking your life? With no answers to be derived, you turn away from his remains and step back onto the road. At last, you resume your journey through Stalfoot, hoping it will now proceed without further incident. Despite the chilling encounter, encounter you are least to have survived to tell the tale, which causes you to contemplate how many innocent travellers on lonely roads may have fallen prey to the fiendish, fruitish, sinister melodies. A skyward glance reveals a towering wall of deep grey clouds filling in from the west on the back of the stiffening wind. You're left to wonder if you'll reach your destination before the looming storm unleashes its fury. Then suddenly, in light of your recent howling encounter, decide it doesn't really matter all that, that much. A little way never hurt anyone. And that finishes this adventure. 256 experience to general and 32 experience to all skills and powers. And then I'll just... Hmm, right. The only adventure left here is the Giants of Galatop. Now, there's one place I'm going to check if they do anything with those items I've just got. Nope. Nothing. Tibikif didn't accept those items. Just be expected. If they did, I'd have heard about it by now. Adventures for... Now I'm in Sevenhorn. Well, I previous, previously met with the wild man and had three adventures. Adventures for this location. Bones and blades. This is an Oakenstone mask inspired adventure. Now, the Oakenstone mask is a... Is an event that happens every now and again. When it turns up again, you'll you'll see. Through the mist, the woken dead advance. Start. No difficulty. Embark. On a cold evening, a meadow in the hills west of Sevenhall. You stifle a cough. The ankle-deep mist carpeting the meadow stirs. Eddying wildly as it rises into the half-light, simultaneously assailing your lungs and obscuring your view of the dark opening in the earth, the crumbling moor of the ancient Ardavari tomb, the dreadful lair from which you emerged only moments ago. The undead are coming, even now you can hear them. Scraping, clattering, clanking, hissing. Your exploration of the musty crypt has served to wake them from their timeless slumber and set them on your scent. They're about to embark on a hunt for living, 
and all that stands between the ghoulish legion making its slow determined way to the surface and nearby Sevenhall is you. A dark silhouette suddenly takes shape in the churning mist before the tomb's entrance. The undead have arrived. I assume this 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 looks like a story that has began in media wes. It's always a fun way to start a story. Because then you get the fun bit at the start. And then you can explain how you got there. As you hopefully contemplate your next wars, next move, your thoughts trips back to the events that led up to this harrowing moment. Yep. Now the flashback. It was two days ago that you arrived in the remote village of Sevenhorn. Following a series of clues, you were certain it would lead to the resting place of a powerful artefact. A wing said to be imbued with magic capable of raising and commanding the dead. Well, I already have that power, but I guess it might help. Or, more importantly, it's probably better to keep it out of the hands of other people. The man you met in Talus several weeks prior, somewhat shifty sort, who provided you with clues to the wing's whereabouts, pays you half a... half... Offer a promised 1,000 gold up front for his recovery. Seems keen on keeping the enterprise a secret. There are those who would use such a thing for ill intent. The white-haired, self-described curiosity merchant by the name of Torvac told you. I wouldn't know how to use something like that. I wouldn't care to try. I simply wish to preserve it. If that can keep a potentially dangerous object out of the wrong sort of hands, then obtaining it becomes that much more important to me. Than accepting the task and the gold, you bid farewell to Torvac, promising him you you would enter and search for the ancient tomb near Sevenhall, wherein, according to the clues he provides, the wing in question has long since lain hidden. There's my 500 gold. Got it right now. You arrived in Sevenhorn and quickly located the entrance to the tomb beneath a mound of earth and rocks in a meadow in the hills west of the village. After much toil, you managed to uncover the dark, gaping wall of an ancient Ardavari tomb and promptly descended into its gloomy depths determined to explore its crumbling passages, reveal its long-hidden secrets. Over the course of a day, you ventured into every dark corner of the crypt, carefully searching through the remains of the dead, the object of your quest. Torvek described the wing to you as a thick iron band, its outer edge adorned by a line of engraved skulls. Yep, yep. That's the sort of thing necromancers use. They're quite, they're quite a little bit gothy, necromancers. Uh, in one of the last passages you searched, you found the wing inside an ornate stone box, resting atop the small pile of black ash. A series of odd symbols was carved into the, bo- the box's lid. There was only time enough for you to snatch up the wing and head for the surface. 
I've got the Iron Skull Wing. It's one below waiting, two stamina points, one aura, one spirit. The outer edge of the thick iron band bears a line of engraved skulls. The wing, according to Torfak, the man for whom you agreed to retrieve it, is imbued with the power to raise and command the dead. You had already been in the tomb for too long. Something was beginning to stir in the misty gloom. Your thoughts snap back to the present. Without a second thought, you move forward nearly a dozen yards and draw yourself into defensive stance. The staggering, shadowy figure that emerges from the tomb continues towards you in its shrill, repeated hisses, now audible above the soft moan of the chill night wind. As more inky shapes appear out of the mist churning at the mouth of the tomb, the fiend upon who you gaze is still frozen. Gaze is still frozen, is at last revealed by the pale glow of a quarter moon. Hmm. Quarter moon, don't get that very often in stories. I mean, it's usually full. I mean, I mean if you were to probably... Probably look at size of the moon by stories on a on a bar show. It's actually you know record it. You'd probably see do 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 yeah, just a big peak, full moon. Mostly, like fifty percent of the time when they mention the moon, it's full, even though only one in twenty eight or so of the time when you. When you actually see the moon, it's actually full. So that's the thing. The full moon is just fun because I mean, you get more moon. Who doesn't like moon? And on a full moon, you get the most moon. You get the mooniest moon. The staggering, shad shadowy figure. Is it? Uh, a skeleton clad in a suit of, of chain, over which it is draped with the tattered remnants of a blue tabard. The fearless undead warrior, his fleshless fingers wrapped tightly around the hilt of a decaying sword, lurches forward and attacks, hissing viciously as it swipes out at you with its ancient weapon. It's a staggering skeleton. And I've dealt with your sort of people before, in the Axe Path Cemetery, and it slashes at me, and it slashes some more, but I bash, and its head just flies off, and bashes into a nearby tree, crumbling to nothing. I make I made that up. 19, eight, 19 XP. You step over the remains of the skeleton, and immediately find yourself confronted by a trio of its fleshless brethren. Duply removing into position, to allow you to face them one at a time, you boldly hold your ground against the advancing undead. Well, I guess with the undead, you can't really expect them to be, you know, smart enough to, you know, wait, wait a bit, you know, try and flank me and stuff. It's an axe-wielding skeleton. It hacks at me, hacks more, and now it is slain. I just, I just knock through its neck, and the head just falls down through the ribcage.
or something like that. 21 XP. The second skeleton is immediately upon you, slashing out wildly with a decaying broadsword. It's a sword-wielding skeleton, and it slashes at me, and it slashes some more, and it is slain. I just swipe out the lumbar vertebrae, and it falls in two. You step to your left and turn to face the... 21 XP. And turn to face the third skeleton. The sinister, undead warrior, clad in rusted scale. Its bone digits clamped well the hilt of a broken sword. Hisses as it staggers forward and attacks. It's a skeletal warrior. And it swipes at you with its broken sword. Well, admittedly, after all the time it'd been buried, that's expected. That some of the swords would break. Brutal stroke for seven damage. But now it is slain. I just swing upwards right into the pelvis. And it just explodes. It just, all the bones just separate. Yes, something like that. And it feels the ghost of pain. A final blow reduces the armoured skeleton to a heap of splintered bone and rusted metal. You step over the pile of bone and immediately turn your attention to a lone figure emerging from the swirling mist at the mouth of the tomb. Without warning, the sharp crackle of energy fills the air. Long, thin tines of lightning are whopped out of the foggy gloom round the encroaching figure. In the next instance, a near-deafening clap leaves your ears winging as a bolt of blue energy streaks out, streaks towards you out of the darkness. Pick a number, bonus of 42. 20 from agility. 12 from body? 12? That's um, quite an odd number. You don't usually get Get that. I mean, it's not quite half, but it's not not full. How do you get to twelve? It's very curious. And ten from luck. Success is fifty or more. Pick now. Hundred and twenty-two. You twist your white, nimbly dodging the streaking energy bolt. Without hesitation, you move forward to meet the sinister figure. Approaching through the fog. As you draw closer to the dark figure, the fog before you momentarily parts, feeling a tall, woeful skeleton. The vile undead menace, its bone hands clutching a long wooden staff, hisses wildly as it strides forward and attacks. It's a woeful skeleton, and I fight it. The skeleton attacks you with a wooden staff, and your enemy lays a brutal stroke for 8 damage. I keep fighting it with my mace, another brutal stroke for 7 damage. It is now slain. I just knock back the staff, and it starts spinning around in its hand, just like a whirlwind, and it just scatters bones all over the place. <laughs> or something like that. I mean... <laughs> 21 XP, the robed skeleton issues a final ragged hiss 
before collapsing into a heap of bone at your feet, stepping closer to the fog-shrouded entrance to the tomb. You suddenly find yourself confronted by an advancing legion of skeletal warriors. Unwilling to allow this fleshless horde to gain the advantage, you rush forward and engage the first of the sword-wielding undead. It's a skeletal warrior, one of four. The skeleton slashes at you with a rusted blade that a brutal stroke for ten damage. Keep slashing, I keep blasting. It is slain. Just take out one of its kneecaps and it just falls over. And before it can get been get up, the other skeletons have stood on it and just, just, just scattered the bones. 13 XP. You step to your whites and boldly engage the second skeleton, beginning combat. The skeleton slashes you with his rusted blade and is slain. I just smash the brain case in. The next skeleton, staggering over the shattered remains of his fallen comrade, hisses viciously and slashes you with his decayed sword. Skeletal warrior, three or four, bashing... Oh, I get to wait. That's quite enough, skeletons! You have slain your 13 XP. Use the last of the four skeletons, clad in a full suit of rusted chain, moves forward and attacks, momentarily driving you back with the ferocity of a savage assault. It's a skeletal warrior, and it's the last one, unless anything else comes out of this tomb, that is. Skeleton slashes you with his rusted blade. And now it is slain. I catch my hammer, I, my, ha my hammer catches the back of the chain and just pulls back so far the entire torso is whipped away from the rest of the body. You step back from the heap of splintered bone at your feet and manage to stifle a horrified gasp as your gaze falls upon the undead terror emerging from the fog at the mouth of the tomb. A fire-blackened corpse, clad in black plate armour, and the tattered remains of a blue cape, staggers towards you, a, a heavy, a heavy, f no, wait, I think that word wasn't supposed to go there, it's fleshless hands, gripping the heft, the heft of a heavy, double-bladed axe. The armoured skeleton is nearly within melee range. The broad hedge of its axe suddenly bursts into flame, with its sinister hiss filling you with a deep sense of dread. The long-dead warrior closes swiftly in and attacks the skeletal warlord. Presumably, this was, this was the person the tomb was primarily made for. You know, this is the person whose name was written on the front. Bob's tomb. And he's Bob. Yes, I'm fighting him. He hacks at you. Brutal stroke, 10 damage. Uh, brutal stroke, 11 damage. But slain. 22 XP. 
with the final haunting shriek. The skeletal warrior collapses at your feet. Tailing sharply, you step back from the pile of splintered bone, thankful to survive the brutal engagement. Nothing else stirs in the mist, confident that you defeated the last of the tomb's wizened denizens. You turn and head in the direction of Sevenhorn. You've taken only a few steps when you abruptly draw to a halt, your eyes fixed on the ghoulish spectre floating towards you out of the surrounding mist. The glowing apparition, that of a bearded man clad in heavy suit of chain arm, halts only a few feet from you and extends its white hand, suddenly sermwise. The silent ghost, a restless spirit, adrift in the realm of the living, suppressing the wing you removed from the tomb. I'm gonna check the Okay, I've just been checking I've just checked all this stuff. If I give the wing to the ghost, I can get get an XP. If I can give the wing to Torvac, I get gold, or I could just keep the wing, but the wing's sort of mediocre and Honestly, I don't think there's very few situations in which that would go on anyone's fingers. So, also, this ghost is presumably the legitimate owner of this wing, so offer the wing to the ghost. You reach out and offer the iron wing to the ghost. The apparition nods and floats close to you, its glowing hand extended. As the ghost hand passes through your own, the wing suddenly vanishes. The spirit withdraws its hand and slowly retreats a couple of feet, remaining within arm's reach. You're taken aback when the glowing apparition again extends its hand, this time seemingly expecting you to take it. Alright, I'll take out this spirit's hand. It hasn't tried to kill me. Which, which... Which, for, uh, which by undead standards, means you're really good friends. If you can go like five minutes without killing someone, that makes you best friends. Those are the undead rules. It just, that's just how it works. Reach out for the spirit's hand. You reach out for the ghost's hand. As your hand passes through the spirit's glowing translucent fabric. A sudden chill passes through your body. As the chill begins to fade, so too does the apparition. In a matter of moments, no trace of the glowing spirit remains. I guess it's gone on to wherever it is that ghosts go in this world? The halls of the Old Father, perhaps? I mean, we, they, I haven't, we, they haven't really delved that deep into the theology of this world. Because you don't really need to. You just assume they just go to a fairly nice place. Let's just assume that. Went to a nice place. Even if he didn't, I'm just going to assume that. As you make your way back to Sevenform, eager to put the considerable distance between yourself and the Adavari tomb, your thoughts turn to Torvac, the man who hired you to retrieve the wing. Though you realise you can no longer complete the mission he gave you, something tells you the Iron Wing is better off from any out of his hands. 
out of anyone's hands. You spend a pair of restful days in Sevenhall, during which you find yourself increasingly enchanted by the rugged beauty of this largely untamed corner of the kingdom. Only when you catch wind of the promise of adventure elsewhere do you cess decide to bid farewell to the remote settlement. Under a bleak grey sky, with the chill wind of the mountains pressing into your back, you make your way out of Sevenhorn, bound for a rendezvous with an unsettled destiny. I also get, this ends the adventure for 256 experience to general and 16 XP to all skills and powers. And that, once more I shall save. And that is enough for now. Next time, I think we'll find out exactly what it is that completed Amulet in Tarn is for. But until then... Farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.